Hey, we're going to... Um, uh, we're going to get ready to kind of a preempt uh, of really next week. We're going to start a new teaching series called Fresh. Uh, and we're going to really take a look at the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and I thought um, that in order to prepare us to launch into this new series, uh, I really felt like the Lord impressed upon me the importance of teaching us about uh, the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and it's because uh, in order for us to truly understand the fruit of the Spirit, we have to know and understand who it is that provides us and matures in us the very fruit, and that is the person of the Holy Spirit. And, and in a moment of vulnerability, um, I'm actually going to kind of just have a bit of a family room discussion, if that's okay. My son asked me, Dad, are you going to sit today? Uh, I won't tell you which one because, you know, I'm trying to get out of that place of embarrassing my kids publicly. I'm just kidding. It was Lincoln. Um, <laughs> He said, how long do you think you're going to last sitting down? I said, I'm going to last as long as the Lord leads me to sit. Uh, it might be a little harder because uh, one of my best friends, my brother uh, from another mother, surprised me this morning. And if you all don't know, uh, Pastor John Scott, uh, he is in the building. If you all give him a family Purpose Church welcome. Uh, and then alongside him, I'm going to come back to you in a minute, alongside him is... Uh, also one of the most incredible, one of the kindest, one of the most uh, committed and loyal uh, men of God I've ever met. Uh, I've gotten to watch him closely and from afar navigate through some of the most difficult and the most uh, victorious seasons of his life. And I've never seen anybody honor and glorify the Lord the way you have. Um, and it is also an honor to have you in, in, in our home and it's uh, a place that I hope that you will always know you're welcome, Godfrey. Thank you for being here, my friend. This is G. Give it up for G. Also, if you want a good story, just ask him about his, and he'll share it with you. But this guy right here uh, and his beautiful wife, Portia, and their children, my uh, niece and nephew, uh, Miracle and Maddox. Her name is Miracle because she's a miracle. Um, literally, uh, God just provided them in our life at the right time. Uh, and I could tell you that I would not be here today if it wasn't for him. Uh, he has uh, been a brother. He's been a confidant. He's been a, an anchor. Uh, he has prayed for me when I didn't have the courage to pray for myself. Uh, and it is an honor to have you here, man. So thank you for the surprise and for being here with us to celebrate today as we launch into this new season. I wanted to, to if I could, as, as we do launch into this new season, be a little bit vulnerable with you today. I wanted to maybe endeavor in the space of, of sharing with you some personal reflection and revelation I've had over the last several months and weeks specific to the Holy Spirit. I thought, ah, oh, there's a there's hundred messages I've taught. Not a hundred. I've actually been preaching for eight years. I realized I had probably uh, every year I've done some sort of series on the Holy Spirit, and I thought I could go back to any one of those. But I really felt like the Lord really uh, impressed upon me to share something personal with you as, I, as it relates to the person of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, I, I've titled this teaching, uh, for those of you who like titles and want to put it at the top of your notes, it's, it's titled this, The Comforter, The Comforter, The Comforter. Let me, let me pray for us, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into this. Lord, I, I pray that your word today for us this morning, not this evening, but this morning, babe, thanks for the humble reminder, would be a lamp into our feet. It would, in fact, be a God into our path, that it would nourish us, it would comfort us, and it would strengthen us. And that it would awaken us to the wonder of your son, Jesus. It would help us to live according to your purpose for our life. Today, tomorrow, and every day going forward. In your name we pray these things. 
And everybody said, amen. I, I, I wanted to, to take an opportunity to, to be quite candid if I've never, ever been candid. Some of you are like, uh, last week. But that's okay. We weren't here last week, so you can't use that one. Uh, because we weren't here last week, we were away having a, a, a rest. And I pray and, and hope that every one of you got a chance to Sabbath and rest and get away and do something that was not only nourishing and, and, and food for your soul, but was also fun and uh, was a time of, of, of great joy. Uh, we did have an incredible time away. We, we rested. We slept. As a matter of fact, I felt like a high schooler again. I didn't get out of bed at, uh, before 9 a.m. Almost every day we were away, with the exception of the last day, because, you know, I just got antsy about getting home. Um, that's unheard of for me, uh, literally, until, like, except for when I was in high school, which didn't last long. So you can tell, for most of my life, I've been an early riser. And, uh, and we did. We, we got to sleep. We ate. Um, we, we hiked. Uh, Katie went back and, and faced her, uh, her nemesis, the, the Rainbow Mountain Trail, and uh, she conquered it, um, almost. And uh, I'll let her tell that story another time. Uh, but we got to just spend some incredible time together. We got to make memories. We got to, to be kids in the wild together. And I got to do it with my sons, which, to be honest with you, was more, more fulfilling and, and rewarding than just about anything. Uh, but I also would share with you that uh, over the course of the week, I, I was all up in my feelings. I, I was in my feelings. It's okay every once in a while to admit that you're in your feelings. I was in mine last week. I, 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 was, I was in this place, in this space for many reasons. And I thought for, first before I got into any of the, the opposite sides of the wow factor, I wanted to just share with you some things the Lord had kind of revealed to me and reminded me of in this space of being in my feelings. You see, over the last year or so, we've, we've seen God do some significant things. We, we, we were able to launch Purpose Church in 2022. Uh, we, we declared that we wanted to be a present church. You remember that? We, we didn't want to be a, a louder church or a quieter church. We wanted to be a present church. And I think, if I was being honest with you, I think we have really become a present church. And I would also charge us to say we still need to continue to be a present church. The world needs us now more than ever to be present in the spaces and places which he's called us to go so that his name could be made famous, not our opinion. Uh, I, we, we spent seven months learning to become disciples so that we would be known for the very thing we desire to, to make. We want to we make and produce disciples so that he can, in fact, build his church, which also, by the way, he's been building his church. This is a testament of him building his church here today. We, we launched Alpha Course and, and have run two full cycles of that. We, we've seen God do radical Radical things, healing and people being filled with the Holy Spirit and, and family and, and community being in bonded and, and forged in the midst of, of what seemed like impossible circumstances. We've multiplied from one to five discipleship groups and we're in conversations to, to see two more discipleship groups where we can come around the table and devote ourselves to the word of God and to fellowship and communion with one another and we can stand with each other and pray and encourage each other to continue to do the things that the Lord has, has purposed and called us to do. Time and time again we've served countless families with our time, our talent, and our resources across, right across our community near and far and in, in, in spaces that some of you would know and spaces that some of you may, not, may never know, not because you shouldn't, just because we want to honor and protect the, the, the beauty of, of the circumstance. 
The Lord's opened doors for us to partner with, with new agencies and new organizations within the context of the foster space where, where we're beginning to understand what God would like us to do there as a community, as a church. And then I, I paused for a few moments over the course of the last week, and I just looked across the landscape of our church. And even in this room, I see so many testimonies of God's goodness and His faithfulness. I see restoration, and, and I see healing, and I, and I see miraculous things happening in and amongst your lives. And I, and I, and I know that our God has been faithful. And I know that our best days are ahead of us. We're living in some of the best days of our life, but yet there's so many good days. Not just for us, but for all the people in and around our life that God has called you and I to go and help them to know Jesus and discover his purpose and, and, and serve them in a way that would transform their, their position and their perspective on the person of Jesus. And this has all happened essentially why we've kept the proverbial lamp under the bowl as, as outlined in Matthew 5 and 15. I, I know that sounds a little bit like, you know, wrong theology. But to be honest with you, I, I've been a little bit protective over the last year or so of ensuring that what we were doing was in alignment with God's will. And so for that reason, yes, we've seen people be added to our church. Yes, you, you, some of you have been joining our church in the last six months or eight months or 10 months or 12 months. And I'm so thankful for that. But it's been intentional. We've kept the lamp under the bowl. But yet together today, we're taking a bold step of faith. And, and I'll be honest with you, and I'm going to stand for this. I'm declaring that we're taking the lamp out from underneath the bowl. And we're going to put it on the stand because the people of our community, the people of the house of God, the, the household needs to see the light of Jesus. And the only way for him to see it is if we would be courageous enough to take the lamp. And I wish I had one. I didn't think like that. John thinks like that. And just stick it up and put it on the post, the lampstand, so that everyone in the house can see the light of Jesus. What's the light? You and me. If I could get up here and stand on my table and be the lampstand, that's what we're talking about. You and I, we're the light. It's not a lamp that we're going to plug into a socket. It is, in fact, you and me coming out from underneath the bowl and standing. That, that's why that's my bro. No one could get away with that but you. So, so while today is a great day to celebrate, and we're going to celebrate, we're going we're to be charged with this, with this reality that God has called you and I to come out from underneath the basket and stand on the lampstand so that we can shine the light for the whole house to see, for the whole community of North Atlanta and beyond to see how good our God is. And yet also... While I've got so many things to be thankful for and we have so many things to celebrate, let me get back to my feelings for a minute. You see, because in the midst of all of the joy and celebration, I have also never felt opposition knocking so closely and loudly. You see, in the midst of all of this celebration and this feeling of opposition, I've truly felt, and I've said this a couple times, like I've been on this David-like roller coaster. If you've ever journeyed with us through the Bible in one year, if you're doing it now, you know we've read through the Psalms. Now, I don't know, I've read through it 
This is my fifth year, I think, maybe, fourth year, fifth year. And, and, it, and it sounds a little bit like this. I have joy and zeal for your house. I'm in deep sadness and guilt, and at times I'm mad. And then all of a sudden, David has this joy and zeal again where he's just dancing around butt naked in front of the Lord. And then he goes back into this place where he's discouraged and desperate and, and feeling discour- you know, hopeless. And, and then all of a sudden, he's like, but I love you, and I, I just want to serve you and honor you. And that's a bit that's been a bit like how I've felt over the last several weeks and months. And 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 I and I and I and if any of you relate to that, I want to just encourage you, it's okay. It's okay. It's normal. It's actually biblical. Because David, as my friend Jason reminds me, was the great greatest journalist ever. And he was also considered to be a man after God's own heart, which also tells me that he was the, the man among men. And yet he took time to pen and journal every thought and every feeling and every emotion. It's okay. It's okay. All week long as we went away to get rest and to spend time together as, as a family, I had all these emotions and thoughts and feelings just kind of like overcoming me. And then I, I, I remembered as I was kind of processing through some of the opposition we had been feeling and facing, and I remember speaking with my pastor, Pastor Phil Beekler, who some of you met earlier this year in January when he's here speaking while we were away on sabbatical. He said something about the opposition that we had been facing, and, and what he said was so remarkable to me. He said, the enemy is just confirming that what we are doing is in fact working. So keep doing it. I was like, that's not exactly what I was hoping to hear. <laughs> like, keep, like, okay, like, keep doing it. Like, can we just take a break? No. And, and, and in a moment of prayer, in a moment of just being with the Lord and, and, and being just present to, to him, I felt like the Lord gave me this verse. And, and specifically, as I was praying for a family currently in our church right now who's going through the most tragic things they've ever experienced in their life. I felt like the Lord gave me this verse, and, and I shared it with them in hopes that it would bring comfort to them. But, but as I shared it with them, I just felt like the Lord said, that's not just for them, that's for us as a community. So why don't you turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. This is the second letter to, that Paul writes to, to the church in Corinth. He, he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, It is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. What a a profound passage of Scripture. What a profound encouragement from the Apostle Paul. And as I navigated through my, uh, my feelings and my emotions, I kept coming back to this text. It says it here in verse 3, The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. 
Can I just pause there for a moment? Is there anybody here today in trouble? Now, I don't mean like you're in trouble. Maybe you are in trouble with the law. That's between you and the law. But like I'm talking about afflicted. I'm talking about discouraged. I'm talking about feeling hopeless or like there's something happening behind the scenes that just seems to be attacking you over and over. A thought, a feeling, an emotion. Can I just encourage you? It is the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles. And my prayer is the second part, so that we can comfort those in any trouble, so that we can come alongside our Father in heaven and be the very conduit of his comfort so that you can experience a taste of just how good and how compassionate and loving he is. The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. What a, what a, what a, like, that's almost tattoo worthy. You, you know, like one of those things that you read and you just kind of read it when you're just kind of reading through the Bible. But when you just pause and stop for a moment and just go, wow, the father of compassion and the God of all comfort, which which absolutely contradicts the world's opinion of who God really is. It flips the whole notion that God is this judging, condemning, you know, rule establishing God, and it changes the whole perspective into this, to this truth that he is a father of compassion and the God of all comfort. What a powerful way to describe our Heavenly Father. And over the last couple of days, I, I've sat with that. And just yesterday, this, this deep joy came over me, and I found myself so incredibly thankful to know him and have a relationship with him in this way. And then, and then I had this, this moment of sitting in my office, finishing uh, this, this teaching, where all of a sudden I just desired so deeply for each of you to know him and have a relationship with him in the same way. Like it just became this burning desire in me that you would, that you would know the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort in a way that was real and relatable to you, that would transform and transcend everything else you've ever experienced, any idea you've ever had about a father. And maybe some of your perspectives or, or your perceptions of the father in heaven are based on your experience with your earthly father or the lack thereof. My prayer for you as your friend and as your pastor is that you would, in fact, have a relationship with the father of compassion and know how much he loves you and that he is, in fact, the God of all comfort, so that you too would know, uh, so that you would know it is is Him. It is Him who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we would know that it's Him who comforts us in all our troubles, so that then we can comfort those who are in any trouble with the same comfort we ourselves receive from God. Many of you know that I, I had daddy issues growing up, and I've always had a, 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 a compassion towards anyone who's had a father issue in their childhood years, or maybe currently in their present moment. And I always wondered why I was so compassionate. Obviously, I can relate, but there's something deeper even still that I, I know what it's like to live in a place in a space where you've never felt the compassion of a father. You've never felt the comfort of a father who loves you so much that he would be willing to lay down his own son's life so that he could have a, rep a relationship with you. 
fitting that we're about to embark on Father's Day. And my prayer is that you would, in fact, have a relationship with our Heavenly Father in this way, that it, no matter what your earthly relationship's like, you would know that you have a Father in Heaven who loves you, who, who is compassionate towards you and wants to scoop you up and comfort you in every one of your situations and circumstances and heal you of every, every one of your past hurts, disappointments. I, I find this text to be so rich. I, I find it to be so life-giving and, and encouraging and it reminded me of what Jesus taught us in the Beatitudes. Remember uh, back in October when we launched the, the Disciple Series, we went through the Beatitudes. And he says this in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 4. He says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. For they will be comforted. And then it happened. A word stood out to me. And, and you know, I'm a, I'm a nerd for words. I, I, I always uh, pray that the Lord will reveal a word to me, whether it be a sequence of words or a specific words. And, and both these texts offered us this word, comforted, comforted. And then I started to wonder, does, does everyone know what the word comfort really means, what the biblical meaning for comfort is? Like, like I'm not talking about the physical state of being, like the temperature in here is comfortable right now, or, or this shirt is, is very comfy. Those are nice. Those are, those are, those are good things. But, but that's not what we're talking about. Rather, we're talking about something deeper still. We're talking about like the feeling you get on a cold night when you take that first sip of warm hot chocolate or, or that first sip of, of lemonade on a hot summer day. Uh, we're talking about a comfort that gives us a deep sense of security and warmth, a, a peace deep in our soul. And, and this word, this word comfort actually comes from the, the root word Parakletos or paraclete, which means helper, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, helper, and comforter. Specifically, the word comfort is the Greek word parakelio. Steve joked that we have a pair of kales. You know how we like to use our Greek and make it relevant for today. Uh, like Post Malone, parakels, to call to or for, to ex exhort or to encourage, which in its proper form reads like this, to get close up and personal. To get close up and personal. Like, in other words, to get all up in your business. Like any one of these, these descriptions, a helper, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, somebody who's standing by, a helper, a comforter. In order, in order for, for that to take place, truly, they've got to get close and personal. They've got to get up all up in your business. So simply put, the comforter gets close up and personal so that he can advocate on your behalf, so that he can counsel you in the space and place in which only he can go, so he can encourage you in the space and place in which he knows you need the most encouragement to strengthen you where you feel the weakest in your life to stand by you so that you will always know you are never alone you will always have the comforter with you to be with you and help you so that you will always feel comforted and so what was encouraging for me about this truth is that it gives Jesus's promise to his disciples and now to us a whole new meaning 
And if you've been reading along in the last few days and weeks in the Bible in one year, you've kind of seen this trend or this specific line of thinking that Jesus offers us, or more specifically, the promises that Jesus makes in relation to the helper. Like, for example, let's look at John 14, 16 through 17. I'm going to read to you out the Amplified Version. He says this, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. Well, we already know how important that is because that's exactly how we make disciples and teach them to follow his commandments by ensuring that we keep and obey his commandments. So, so, so check. That's a, the first promise. He says, if you will keep and obey my commandments, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Not another helping. Another helper. He's going to give you a comforter. He's going to give you an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor. He's going to give you a strengthener. He's going to give you somebody that will stand by to be with you forever. Huh. But I feel so alone. Man, I just feel like I'm the only person in the world. I feel like nobody sees me. I feel like there's never anybody with me. There's no one on my side. That's opposite of what Jesus promises us. He offers us the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. That's important. We're going to come back to that in a moment. He goes on to say in John 14, 25 and 26, as he continues this, this line of promise, he says, I have told you these things while I am still with you, but the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. He will continue to teach us, and he will help us remember everything that Jesus told us. Remember, we asked the question at the end of the Disciple Series, what did you hear? It's okay if you don't remember it all. It's okay. I don't remember it all. That's a lot. Seven months of a lot. But the Holy Spirit will remind you when you need it most. Because he's with you. He's in you. He's a teacher and a reminder. He's an advocate and a counselor. He is a guide. He's a helper. He's a comforter. I don't necessarily remember everything I hear, but if I have a relationship, if I get close up and personal with the Holy Spirit, then it's him that will remind me and teach me all the things that Jesus spent time to help us to understand and to learn. He goes on in John 15 later on. He says, but when the helper comes whom I will send to you as a matter of fact some of you are reading these descriptions and you're like I need that in my life so so let me go back when the helper or maybe for you the comforter or the advocate or the intercessor the counselor the strengthener or the person who stands by you no matter what comes whom I will send to you from the father that is the spirit of truth who comes from the father and he will testify and bear witness about me but you will testify also and be my witnesses because you have been with me from the beginning. Friends, I, 
I want to let you in on a little secret, in case you haven't picked it up by now. The comforter is the Holy Spirit. That's the comforter. The comforter is the Holy Spirit. And as I prayed and I spent time this past week all up in my feelings, I found that the road, listen to this now, the road to real comfort is found through a close-up and personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. The road to real comfort is found through a close-up and personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. You see, in order for the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to advocate for us, to help us, and provide comfort through us, we have to have a close-up and personal relationship with Him. And as Paul writes in our text, in order to get this kind of comfort, two things have to happen. I've got to put my faith in Jesus, and then I've got to receive it. Receive what? His Spirit. His Spirit. I, I don't know about you, but that makes me say, wow. Like, that's one of those wow moments. Like, wow. Wow, because that's amazing, and wow, that's so simple. Yet, we've made it so hard. We've made it so hard. And, and all of a sudden, this is when the person of the Holy Spirit took on a whole new meaning. It's, it's here where Jesus has promised to send us the Holy Spirit. Deeply encouraged me. And as a result, I, I found my strength renewed and my heart restored. You see, when we put our faith in Jesus and we receive his spirit, we then are comfort, comforted immediately. Immediately. When, when we put our faith in Jesus and we receive his spirit, we then are comforted immediately. Immediately. Scripture, time and time again, will show us the evidence. What, what I often think has happened is that we've, we've put our trust in Jesus, but we, the church, have never introduced you to the Holy Spirit. Quite honestly, I think we've actually made more of a spectacle out of it. We've had Holy Spirit services or conferences to ensure that you get filled with the Holy Spirit. But everything I read in Scripture, it was put your faith in Jesus and receive His Spirit. And for that alone, I believe that we have a bunch of Christians running around who love Jesus, who have been introduced to Jesus, but they've only got the power cord and just twirling around like, look at me, I got, I got this awesome lamp. <laughs> but it's not doing anything. I know, but it looks cool. I got a testimony of how I got it. Man, somebody was so generous, they gave it to me. And we're just like, man, you got to have this lamp. It's so good for you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to illuminate your life. And Jesus is like, yeah, but it, it, it's not plugged in. Like you're missing, in order for, you see, in order for us to be the lamp out from underneath the basket on the stand, we've got to, we can't just have a lamp. Well, the lamp looks great. It's attractive. It fits, look, it fits the decor of the home. Great. It's still dark in here. I stubbed my toe trying to find the coffee pot. Put the lamp in. In other words, put your trust in Jesus and receive his spirit. 
It's that simple. And it doesn't make us weird. It doesn't make us awkward. Unfortunately, the world has taken the Holy Spirit and made him awkward. That's not the Holy Spirit I've encountered in my deepest, darkest, saddest moments. That's not the Holy Spirit I've encountered in my moments of celebration. That's not the Holy Spirit that's transformed my life from the inside out. That's not the Holy Spirit that got me through this week when I desperately needed somebody to help me get through this week. I, 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 I just took the lamp and I plugged it into the socket. And all of a sudden there was light. Looks great. Well, what happened to those lights? What, what? Why are those still lit and those ones aren't? They're, they're plugged in. Right? It looks good. I put my trust in this light. I, I bought it hoping that it was going to illuminate my house. It's going to keep me from stubbing my toe. But, but I... Oh, shoot. I forgot to plug it in. It's the same thing. We put our trust in Jesus, but we don't receive his spirit. I can assure you that the only way that I have gotten through this week, in any other week in my life when I have faced troubles, opposition, or sadness, when I've had to walk families through death, when I've had to walk through it myself. It was the comforter and the help of the Holy Spirit that got me through. And I've come to learn that, that I can only offer you something that I've received myself. I, I can't offer you something I've, I've never received. And, and so yet we've, we, we're all running around and we've got Jesus and we're offering Jesus. And that's great, that's a taste, but it's not the complete taste. It's not the full taste. I, I can offer you something only by what I've received. I can only make something that I am. And, and so what we're discovering is that, is that we're, we're, we're offering something that's not plugged into the source. We're, we're offering something that isn't complete because it hasn't received the Spirit. And, and so what I've discovered is that, that I can only offer you something I've received myself, and I can only offer you enough, here's the thing, to get you to a place where you then can receive the gift for yourself. I am not here to save you. I am only here to be a lamp on a stand so that you can see the good works of our God and invite you to a place where you can experience for yourself. I am only here long enough to take you by the hand and walk you as long as I can to the Father's footsteps so that when he has that moment, he says, hey, I've got it from here, Aaron. You've done your part. You've been the light I needed you to be. You've used the comfort that I've offered you to allow them to experience my comfort through you. Now I want you just to encourage them and be with them and stand with them as they continue to walk faithfully with me. But remember, it's me that's going to fill them, that's going to heal them, that's going to restore them. It is not you. I just want you to make disciples and point them back to my Father. I just want you to make disciples and bring them into the house where they can experience the healing work of the Holy Spirit. I want you to put your trust in me and I want you to be filled with my spirit so that the community of people that you're leading will encounter the fresh wind of heaven. Here, here's, what I, here's the other deal. 
you and I didn't get to physically meet Jesus. Like we didn't get to pull up on the beachside when he's grilling fish, sit around the campfire and just catch up on old times. We didn't get to follow him closely from town to town and witness him firsthand perform miracle after miracle like, like crazy things. Like we read like, oh, that's a good book. I'm reading it like, yo, that dude was blind. Like, boosh, his eyes are see. His parents get brought in the room and be like, yo, was he, yeah, he was blind from birth. Well, how did he, I don't know. Well, how, how did you go from being blind to see? I, I don't know. I just met this guy. He spit on his hands. And he touched my eyes. I'm not going to do that. Somebody else did that. And that was a bad idea. <laughs> touched my eyes and opened them, and now I see. Well, I didn't get to do that. And Jesus knew full well that he couldn't do that for everyone. He knew it. Jesus didn't travel more than 100 miles, and he really only influenced 12 deeply and courageous men. There's a, there's a whole host of other people that were just around close enough to catch kind of a whiff of what he was doing. But he knew full well that, that he could not be physically present with each and every one of us. That he couldn't invite each and every one of us to a campfire as much as I would have loved it. But what he could do, he did. He offered us a gift. One that would be with us all the time. One that could bring healing, that could bring strength that could encourage us, that could bring wisdom, and could comfort us. In fact, Jesus said so much in John 16 and 7. He says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good. He says, it's for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. In other words, he's saying, I, I have to go so that I can send you the Holy Spirit who will come and be with you all the time to encourage you, advocate for you, teach you, remind you, and comfort you. Nicky Gumbel says it this way. He says, Jesus could only be in one place at a time. Now, by his Spirit, he can be with you and me as our friend and helper all the time. Everywhere you go. He is with you. Every little city you go. Oh, I know. No matter where I go. We should change the lyrics. I probably should stop. I just realized what I was about to say next. <laughs> Tyra even actually finally gave me the, you should stop, look. You, uh, that may be like three times in all of our history together you've ever given me the you should stop look. I was impressive. It was kind of this sort of like, hey. <laughs> can, can, I, can, I, can I be so bold and to ask you, I'm sorry, Brandon, about the lights, man. I hope that you'll be all right. Can, can, I, can I ask you this honest question? Can I just, just like, like four and a half minutes, can I just get you to lock in for a moment? Let me just ask you this question. This isn't to embarrass you. This is not to, to intimidate you. I just want to ask this really honest question. Have you, have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit? Have you ever received the gift of the Holy Spirit? I, I know that for some of us, the answer might be no. Some of us, it might be, I'm not sure. 
For some of us, it's yes, but. Maybe, maybe your answer to that question is, is simply because you've been put off by the Holy Spirit. You've been skeptical of Him. Heck, you might have even been scared of Him. And I just wondered if maybe I could invite you to reconsider here today. And the reason I ask you that is because I, I honestly was once a skeptic too. I once had my fears and doubts. And I actually have said this publicly before that I, that I had a really wrong perspective and view of the Holy Spirit to the point where I almost sequestered it entirely. And there was a time where I thought maybe we'd be a church that just didn't actually have the Holy Spirit because I just thought it was so weird. And people had made it out to be really, really weird. But then I've come to realize that, that I just, quite honestly, wouldn't make it without Him. I just wouldn't make it. I mean, as awesome as all of you are, and as much as I love my wife, and I love my kids, and I love my parents, and I love my friends, and I love my church, there's just been some moments in my life that there's nothing you could offer me that was going to fix what was going on. And that's not to take away from you. And many of you have been the, the very comfort I needed to get me back to a place where I could experience the comfort of the Holy Spirit again. But I've realized I wouldn't make it without Him. And I know for certain many are struggling to make it on their own let alone without the help of the Holy Spirit. And I've just decided that in this new season, my personal prayer and conviction, my hope is that I can help you come to know the person of the Holy Spirit like I have come to know Him. And I thought maybe I could just start right now. Would you stand with me? And just... Just, just stand. Just try to allow ourselves a, an extra two and a half minutes here to just be present to this moment. And let me just ask you a couple questions. Maybe this will help you determine whether or not you've received the Holy Spirit, or maybe it'll change your position on Him. Have you ever needed to be encouraged and you couldn't find it anywhere else? Couldn't find the kind of encouragement you needed? in a person, in a substance, in a thing. Or maybe, maybe you've been so thirsty that nothing in the physical could quench your thirst. Have you ever been so discouraged and you couldn't find a thing or a person who could help you feel better? Has there been days where the bad days feel like they outweigh the good ones and you're not exactly sure how you're going to make it through? And do the bad days leave you feeling lost, hopeless, maybe even wanting to give up? Is there times in your life where you're feeling sad or heartbroken by something and you can't seem to find peace or healing from it? 
Let me offer this one to you. Are, are you living the full and abundant life that Jesus offers us or promises us in John 10, 10? The fruitful life that, that's promised to us through, through Jesus' death and resurrection. The, the fruitful and abundant life that's offered to us by placing our trust in Him and receiving His Spirit. You see, the way to comfort, to the fullness of life, to healing and purpose, is through putting our trust in Him and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, it's through Jesus and by His Spirit that we get to know a Father who is compassionate towards us and who provides us all the comfort we could ever need, want, or offer. So with every eye closed, I want to ask that question again. Have you ever received the gift of the Holy Spirit? And if that's you this morning, would you do something really brave for me? And will you just extend your hands to heaven? You can go straight up if you want. But, but here's, here's what I, when I really want to receive from heaven, this is, this is what I do. I learned this from Chris Hodges. I just take my hands to my side and I turn them up like this. Just like this. So that I can receive. This is surrender. I want to receive. That's how I translate that. This is in complete surrender. This is I want to receive. See, the Bible says that everything that the Lord offers is good. And if he says it's good, then it's good. And he would never give us something that wasn't good for us, wouldn't help us, wouldn't encourage us. And I believe that the Holy Spirit was intended for our good so that we could be comforted, so that we could be encouraged, so that we could be made whole, and so that we can be the lamp on the stand. So if that's you this morning, just, just with your hands, your palms lifted towards heaven in a posture of receiving, I'm just going to say a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us right now in Jesus' name. Let us leave here having received your spirit. And let us immediately feel the warmth of your comfort in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Stay right there. Finally, believers, the Apostle Paul says, rejoice. Be made complete. Be what you should be. Be comforted. Be like-minded. Live in peace. And enjoy the spiritual well-being experienced by believers who walk closely with God. And the God of love and peace, the source of loving kindness, may he be with you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. you here. We receive you. 
We ask that you bring us comfort and help and encouragement and strength. And for any one of us that ever feels alone, let us from this day forward never, ever feel alone because you are with us. Today, Father, let our life be a light that is powered by your spirit so that the whole house may see your good works and glorify you, our Father, who is compassionate and the God of all comfort. Everybody said, Amen.